Welcome to Sports, Wheels, and Reels with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. One show, two guys, three topics, unlimited possibilities. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru. Engage with us on social media or email us at podcast at mmsubaru.com. And now, welcome your hosts, Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Episode 22. 22. We're pretty confident. On the 22 day of uh, July. And, of Dan, and as you pointed out, I would never know this because I don't care about BYU. <laughs> but it's Danny Age's number, 22. Uh-huh. And uh, it's the year of 22? So I think it's all coming together for a big trade today. Is it? <laughs> for someone else uh, who was born on February 2nd, probably. We're trading back for Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> Donovan to the Wolves. For Rudy Gobert. All right, he's Jeff Miller. I'm Austin Horton. It is Sports Wheels and Reels. Uh, Jeff, welcome back from the land of Tejas. Yeah, it was nice. Did you have some good food while you were down there? Yeah, really good food in Texas. Learned some stuff about Subaru. We'll talk about it a little bit in the next segment. Get into that in Wheels. We also have uh, a great opportunity for any of you uh, nonprofits out there. So stay tuned uh, on that in Reels. We just watched the trailer for a movie that's coming out today. It's going to be good. Uh, the na- It's aptly named, according to Ashley. <laughs> how you'll feel about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I watched a couple documentaries this week that were dark. Jeff watched a happy show. Great show. We'll talk about that and more. And next in sports, is he or is he still a member of the Utah? By is the he or time we're finishing this podcast. <laughs> Will Donovan Mitchell be gone? Okay. Not yet. We'll see. Coming up next on Sports Wheels and Reels. I'm Spencer Kofed, and my Subaru is Extreme Adventure. Outback's really great for my livestock. It has just enough space for all my gear, but it's not crazy big of a footprint. If any of my friends were looking to buy a Subaru, I'd, I'd recommend Mark Miller Subaru since you never feel like they're, they're hiding stuff from you. Whether it's skiing, skydiving, mountain bikes, surfing, my Subaru gets me out on my adventures. Subaru is a brand I trust, and Mark Miller Subaru is the Utah retailer that I love. Okay, Donovan Mitchell, watch, 22. We're talking about the Jazz first. Okay, the Utah Jazz. I got our photo. Are planning to blow it up. Oh, <laughs> it's really sad, isn't it? Oh, big <laughs> red X on his face. And then there's going to be an X on his face after the next one. That They're is, all going to be gone. It's very sad. I really, I really like Gobert. Yeah, I do too. I think the key is we're going to tank. We're going to get the Frenchman, Wimbayama or then whatever. Rudy is going to come back as an unrestricted <laughs> free agent in 2027 at the, at the vet minimum for our championship. <laughs> yeah, that's what's that's gonna the dream. Happen. Uh huh. In five years? Yes. Uh huh. Mm. No. <laughs> no. Double it, maybe. Yeah, like that? Okay. Well, let's talk about so Donovan. So, Donovan is currently, while we're doing this, still on the Utah Jazz. But yesterday, some breaking news out of your old station. Yeah, my guy PK, Patrick Kinahan. Dropped a little bomb. Dropped a little PK bomb. Not yeah. a Woj bomb, a PK bomb. Uh, Non-confirmed by Woj, so it's not real. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone, by the way, is thinking Woj and Shams are finally on vacation. They are. They haven't tweeted in a day. It's amazing. Uh, So PK got a text while on air telling him that the Donovan Mitchell deal is done in principle. Uh, and uh, hasn't has been agreed upon, but is not a done deal. They're waiting on timing. That's. I mean, you still have to 
get the the league to sign off on things. Yeah. So he did take a lot of heat over the last day plus because nothing has happened as of this moment. They haven't got proven right, I'm sure. Eventually, it's going to happen. And PK is way too connected to have, not have the sources. And too smart, by the way, to just throw something out there. Yeah. I mean, after, what, 20-some-odd years on the radio, he's not going to just throw something out and kill his whole reputation. And, uh, Although he could be getting played at the same time. What, which has happened to he, to he and others before. Where they're dropping things for him to drop to the media to try and help negotiations in some way. Like the Jazz could be say, hey, drop this on the air to push the Knicks into doing this thing. Like that's, yeah. The Knicks want to give us four yeah. picks instead of six picks. Drop this so you get some pressure from the New York media and come say yes. Yeah, I don't think that, if that were the case, I think PK would have vetted it more yeah. than he did than just reading it on air. The fact that a guy like PK just got it and read it immediately on air tells me that text was from someone Very. whose signature might be on these papers. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. I agree. And I think the funny thing is that I think it's the trade that we talked about last week. And I put it back up, but this is the trade we talked about last week, and I think it's not that far off of what this thing turns into. So break that down for so us. So Evan Fournier, so the veteran of the group. Rudy Gobert's best friend. Right, yep. And a good player. He makes $18 million a year. He's a, he's a solid player. And then you've got Quentin Grimes, who was almost summer league MVP this year. Yeah. <laughs> and then Obi Toppin, who's a great player. Very long. Very long, good player. Shoots the three well. I mean, he's going to be what the Jazz will build around to start. Okay. How's his handles? I don't know. Is his handle okay? I don't know. Yeah. He, he was on uh, Instagram yesterday doing off the – he did one uh, through the ball, off the back of the gym, bounced in, caught it, went between his legs, and dunked it. Oh. So he's pretty athletic. So the all-star weekend festivities in Salt Lake could it be over top on the, the dunk, dunk contest. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and then, of course, uh, some picks. And the nice thing on those two guys is they're both on the rookie deals. That is very so good you got for rebuilding. So you have them both for two more years, and then they're restricted. So really, you've got them for both three more years before you have to pay them. Yeah, uh, and then you play them like you did Gordon Hayward and like the Suns did DeAndre Ayton and make everyone angry. Yeah. But that's how the, that's so how, the NBA how many picks do you think the Jazz have been demanding? I think they've been asking for six. Because the max is eight. Yeah, they have eight. I think they've been asking for six. I think the I think the Knicks are fine with the players. I don't think they care about the players. I think the Knicks have been asking for three or four, and that's the stalemate. And I think they t- they end up at five. Okay, uh, I I think that would be a win for the Utah Jazz. Especially the nice thing on it is, is that the three picks they'll get from the Knicks, which is next year, twenty twenty five and twenty twenty seven, will be unprotected. And they're the Knicks. I don't care if they have Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> They'll screw it up. Well, and not only will they have Donovan Mitchell, they'll have Jalen Brunson and Donovan Mitchell. Which is the exact same problem we had here. That's exactly right. Like, did right. they not watch... Like, we shouldn't be talking about this because the trade's not finalized yet. <laughs> <laughs> did they not watch the Utah Jazz for the last three years? You can't... You have two guys under 6'1 playing guard. Like, you can't guard anybody. And you're you might late. score. And they don't have Rudy Gobert. Mitchell Robinson is nowhere near Rudy Gobert on Correct. defense. Yeah. So, I... I like those picks. And I like Evan Fournier a lot. I think he is I think he is a kind of Ricky Rubio with a better shot type mm-hmm. player. No, I really like him. And yeah. he's big. He's six seven. Yeah, yeah. I mean the Jazz are getting a lot bigger in this trade. Yeah. I mean you're talking they're getting six seven. Quentin Grimes is six five. And we guard. mentioned Obi Toppins. And Obi Toppins six nine and 
awesome. wingspan of 12. It's yeah. an albatross. He had a 40-point game last year. Yeah, he did. And he was, what, was he the ninth overall pick? Yeah, he's, I mean, if you look at his, he's making 5.3 million, so he had to be a top 10 pick. Yeah, yeah, he was. So. All right, so will he or won't he be traded? We both said it would be by today's show. It didn't happen. I think it might happen today, though. I mean, from all the chatter that's out there, I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe they're waiting for Woj and Shams to get back from vacation. That could be. (laughs) Woj and Shams do have uh, money in the game as to how they get their info. I I believe that wholeheartedly. Oh, because they're represented by the agents. Yes. So, all right. No tweets in the last 24 hours from either of them. They're either in jail or uh, in the Cayman Islands playing around. I don't know. Maybe they went to Mexico and got arrested. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We did get it on our uh, Twitter feed. We got a question from someone from Adam Ray King. You should follow us on Twitter, by the way. Yeah, we'll answer questions on air. So why should the Jazz tank it all? They tried it in 2013, 2014, and wound up with Dante Exum, who turned out to be a washout. Are we going to suffer through another season and not trying just to get another potential bust? Yes. To the answer to that last question. And I don't think the Jazz – I mean, I don't, the Jazz aren't going to be the worst team in the NBA next year. It's just not in the Jazz DNA. They, they won't tank to the point where they're just losing games. Although we have Danny Ainge now. So That's – I was just – Which changes say. everything. Yeah. But Dante Exum was a bad pick. I mean, I think everyone knows that Dante Exum was a bad pick. And part of the NBA is luck. Part of the NBA is doing your homework – making good picks, and hitting on them. There's a reason it's called the lottery. I'm the, not on the other side of it. It's like, you're, it's, it's good guesses. And a lot of it's fit, right? A lot of it is whether that player you got is fit in the right situation. These are human beings we're talking about that right. they can develop. Donovan developed because he got put in the right situation. If Gordon Hayward hadn't left, it would have been a whole different deal for Donovan. Or if Rodney Hood hadn't thrown up. Totally. Rodney Hood throws up before a game, lets Donovan start, and now and he becomes a star. Never look back. He may not have ever come off the bench that for rookie year. Yeah. Like it's all about the opportunity and pull it up. And Donovan did a great job with it. Right? Same with Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert, if Rudy Gobert doesn't get a Quinn Snyder and an Alex Jensen coaching him. Yeah. Oh yeah. He, is he the same player? Ty Corbin wasn't gonna play no. him like he should. Right? If Ty Corbin hadn't left the Jazz, would Rudy be an all-star? Probably not. No. Right? So it's all about that situation. So Right now, the Jazz looked at their situation and said, we are not winning a championship with these two guys. We need to find the next championship window, as they put it. Yep. And so they're not wrong. That's their word. And so yeah. we can take those two guys. You can't. The problem is, is you can't just pick one of them because then you're just a middling team. Right? You get rid of both of them and get a lot of assets. I mean, they're talking, if they, if they pull off that trade, they're getting 17 assets for those two guys. That's insane. That's that incredible. is an NBA record by far of what they got for two guys that weren't top 10 players. Uh, but to Adam's point, there is, with every one of those assets, potential bust because it, it is. Totally is. But it's, that's like the, you said, there's luck involved. That's the way they look at it is if we've got, so we're talking about 5, 10, at this point you're getting 10 first-round picks plus their own first-round picks. So you're talking over the next five seasons, they've got, say, 15 first-round picks. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of what OKC did a few years yeah. back. Eventually, yeah. you're going to hit those numbers. You're going to hit a shy Alexander, right? So he traded for you. Yeah. yeah. Or Chet Holmgren this They're season. They're going to hit Chet Holmgren. Yeah. And maybe he's going to be a bust. You don't know. He doesn't look like he's going to be a bust. Looks like he's pretty good. But he looks like he'll be a bust, and then he plays. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, wow, he's really good. He's going to get pushed around a lot. Now, let me ask you this about Adam's question there. Why should the Jazz tank it all? Is this the tried and true way for a 
small market team to build? Were the Jazz lying to themselves a few years back when uh, my, my, my friend Dennis Lindsay was saying that the narrative had changed with the Jazz, that veterans were going to start choosing the Jazz to, uh, in free agency? Were they fooling themselves? Is Danny Ainge right? And the only way for a small market team to do this is to get 19 first-round picks. So here's the interesting part, too, is so if the Jazz can say do something, say they get these young guys and say Grimes comes in and, I mean, say Grimes comes in and has a season like Donovan's rookie year. Comes in, he averages 20 points a game, and he shows potential like that. Now all of a sudden the Jazz have some potentially really strong pieces with a bunch of draft picks and $44 million in cap room. They can get a max player next year. I don't know who's available. I don't either. But, I mean, look. But still, like, the, there's potential for that. And it is a different world with Dwayne Wade there. I think that does mm. help. I, see, that's I thought that was going to be it, why Donovan was going to change his tune and want to stay was for Dwayne Wade. But, but I, the funny thing is, is you, do you think, and I, I mean, I'm on the fence on this one, a committed Donovan Mitchell, mm-hmm. is that a championship team? As the prime player? If, if he committed himself on defense and he committed himself to the team, do you think the Jazz could win the championship with that roster? Not without a lot of help elsewhere by other teams. Uh, I think they're a conference championship contender year in and year out yeah. with him. But I don't know about title. Yeah, so that's the hard part. But I I mean, I, I don't like the idea that the Jazz aren't going to be that good next year. I think it's going to be but I think a few years. Lot, but I think it might actually. be a lot of fun to watch. Well, and that's this is my my suggestion, my advice to the fans out there: start changing your mindset to cheering for the Jazz, not players, and don't expect a lot. And then you'll really be yeah, it's like happy the, what, it's like with the what after, comes the around. Year after Carl and John retired, the statues, that team was horrible on paper. I mean, on paper, yeah. they were. You looked at the starting five, and they wouldn't have been a starting five on anybody. That's right. I don't think there was one player on that team. Harpering was starting. Gugliata. Uh, Kirilenko would have started. He, the only player they had. But was, he was unproven then. That was yeah. anywhere near an all-star yeah. was Andre Kirilenko. Yeah. That was it. Okay. And they won 41 games and almost made the playoffs. The <laughs> fact that Jerry Sloan didn't win coach of the year that year was a travesty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because that team shouldn't have won 10 games. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was the plan. <laughs> I think yeah. Sloan screwed that up. Kevin O'Connor's just like, what are we doing? <laughs> was it was Kevin. Uh, I think it was Scott Layden still. Was it still Scott Layden? I, I don't think know, so. But whoever it was, they're like, what are we doing, guys? Every time they won, I'm just like, yeah. I thought I gave you a bunch of. Uh, I tried to make it. It was like the Geo Prism. like Major League. It was like, <laughs> that's right. Next thing we you're not going to be on an airplane anymore. We're going to bust you to LA. <laughs> we win today. We win tomorrow. And then we win again. That's what we call a win streak. <laughs> so. I don't know. I think there's a lot of news coming in the next couple of days. We'll see. Maybe by next week it won't happen. But I guess I, I can't imagine before this summer's over, Donovan's still in the Jazz. Yeah, and I just with everything going on, there's there's just no way they don't have to. Like you're saying, they, they don't have to do anything right now, but it they probably will. But the one thing that Danny Ainge has always shown is that he puts his offer on the table and sits there and waits until you say yes. <laughs> like, he has he, can, he has a, that luxury. I mean, he yeah. is one of the best in the business, and you have to admit that. Is he the best? I want, one of them. Do you think what makes him the best is that he truly doesn't care? I think, I mean, it's that idea that you can't. I don't mean that negatively. I mean that he, he he's like, I can't control anything, so I'm just going to pull this out there and not care about it. Yeah. That's what the, the best fishermen out there what he does, are really good think, at just But I think, he, I think he, ha- he has his strategy. It's there, and he's not going to modify off of it. It's what it is, and 
if you want to take it, yeah. If not, I've got to pivot to this, and I don't care. And he can really tell the other guy, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make a panic move. Did you see the prices for the All Star Weekend oh, stuff? Insane. But you know what the thing about it, <laughs> and the funniest thing about it is, everyone out there on Twitter and like that is blaming the Jazz for the prices. No, no, no. The Jazz have no not, tickets. Not like bad. I asked our rep for. For like our sponsorship, and we spent a lot of money with the Jazz. If I could get tickets, he's like, I don't think we have any. No, you got all those tickets are owned by the NBA, and you got to be uh, in yeah. the in the in entertainment industry yeah. to get access. Is, to yeah, that. the NBA yeah. All Star Game is an, a league thing; it's not the local. That's As right. a prominent member of the Utah Jazz team told me, we paid them three million dollars to throw them a party in Salt Lake. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> That's exactly what he. The Jazz told had to pay the Jazz for it for the All Star Game. They like had like an Olympics. Yeah, because they, they, they get all the money from the stadium, and, ah, and that's like good for get, business downtown. Yeah, they get business downtown. Like I think the city probably helped and kicked in, but yeah, the, they you pay the league to host the All Star. I had no idea. Yeah. What? So why I bring that up though is I'm thinking about people that have season tickets the yeah. next three years. No, it's it's tough. This is not the time to be having season tickets if you're. Oh. I, like I said before, that team after the Jazz, after Stockton alone left, was one of my favorite teams to watch. Really? Because those guys, I'm a, I'm a purist, I guess. Those guys played hard. Every second of every game, they were playing for their lives. And we yeah. don't, you don't get that. They were all trying to stay in the yeah. NBA. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, you had, sorry to say it, but you had Donovan taking halves off in a playoff game. Like, that's crazy to me. Like, Stockton alone would... Never even think about that back in the day. Gobert would never think about that. Yeah. Like, that was the sad part about it. Uh, so, I, I I remember that 25-win season under Corbin, uh, how terrible it, and awful it was. But you know what was good for the consumer? There was free tickets everywhere. Oh, yeah. There's going to be a lot of, lot of opportunities to watch tickets. games. I'm going to have a lot of tickets here. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go to the game today. Who are they playing? <laughs> yeah. That's, the advertisements are not going to be. Okay. Come to the Jazz game. It's going to be LeBron's coming to Speaking the of a tough ticket, what about the ESPYs? Did you watch any of that? Have Steph you Curry is it? not a comedian. Steph Curry was so... Was he... Do you know what's funny? Is buzzed? That, do you ever watch... And is he a boring drunk? Because that... It, he's know, out there with his brandy or whatever. Holy moly? Yeah. It's amazing. It's one of my favorite shows on television. But he's not good. He's not great in it. Yeah. But the show's great. The reason the show's great is because of Rob Riggle. Rob Riggle. Yeah. Rob Riggle's a he's funny. gem. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they asked me, his monologue was bad. Oh, it was painful. And I don't make a habit of watching bad. these things, but I saw that on we didn't bring online. Peyton, we didn't bring Peyton Manning back. He was funny. Oh, they showed some of it. The Peyton Manning one was Where bad. he was just killing everybody. Remember the Durant? Yeah, what? and R- Russell Westbrook. Oh, yeah, what did he say about Durant that Durant wanted to murder That the U.S. women's gymnastics team, team was so good that Kevin Durant wants to join him next year. Because <laughs> 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 then he gave him the death stare. Oh, yeah, <laughs> which gonna... was good acting by Durant as well. But... Yeah, he's probably pretty bad still. Yeah, well, probably. <laughs> but anyway, I, the SBs I loved as a child. The next thing I, I loved as a child, the MLB All-Star game. game. And your Dodgers hosted this. Do you know, what I, do you know what I loved about it, though? I, I love Kershaw starting. <sighs> love me some Clayton Kershaw. Okay. I watched the starting part. I watched, like, the first inning when he pitched. I used to, when I was a kid, I... Do you like the home run derby? I, I used to. Not I, it was on here. I was at work. I'm an adult now. 
So I was, it was on uh, here at the dealership. So you were watching television during work. Of course, you? boss. Okay. Uh, your dollars were being spent well that night. Uh, you were doing research for the show. Uh, I actually did get a sell yeah. during it. I truly did. Uh, but, oh, my gosh, it's so boring now. And I used to hang on every pitch of that, of that derby. So, anyway, the SBs, All-Star Games, things that I'm now officially old because I poo-poo them and push off. Because I used to just love them. What I want in an NBA All Star game, I want so it's gonna be like Le- Bears. It's gonna be like LeBron and Giannis. I want like Giannis for like next season. Maybe it's probably Giannis, right? Doing the other picks. It's usually yes. those two, right? Yeah. I want him just to pick every defensive player he has, <laughs> and then just tell these guys we are going to play defense in the All Star game and just do lockdown defense on these guys. And oh, there will be fights. It'll be like twelve point quarters. Fights will break out. It'll be like the greatest <laughs> All Star game in NBA history. It, yeah, but I'm going to send my I'm sending my took my ideas into the league office. It's like the the hockey All Star. You don't see the the check line, the goons in the All Star game in hockey. Yeah. You're going to have a whole team Wouldn't of Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah, like Drew Holiday out there, Giannis, Rudy. Like, and just start this team of just pure Steven defensive Adams. players. Yeah, yeah uh, He's West, but yeah, still. Find anybody who will actually play defense, because about half those guys play defense. Yeah. So like, you, could, you could build a defensive team on that's one fantastic. side. Fantastic. I, was, I would goal. watch that. That's my goal for next year's NBA All-Star game. I would watch that. And Salt Lake could be appropriate, because we used to be about defense. Well, yeah, and yeah. then we traded him. And we're about to trade the guy that Although never we was. we weren't about defense with him either last year. <laughs> he was. Yeah. yeah. The rest of them, not so much. All right. Uh, coming up next, uh, we met, I met a guy named Adam Miles who runs a really cool organization here in Utah that is also connected to sports. And uh, here, here, here at uh, Mark Miller Subaru as well, D- Jeff is David. I almost called you David. Okay. That's weird. I don't, I don't know. That's really weird. David here. Uh, is just back from Texas <laughs> at the, uh, what is that thing? What was it the called? National the National Business Conference. National Business Conference. I've been referring it referring to it as Cararama. It's Subaru-rama. Is, yeah, which is a better, Subaru-rama. Like, like Subaru yeah. Disneyland. Yeah. So he'll yeah. give us the tea on that coming up next, and uh, we'll, we'll also we'll talk about gas prices if we feel like it. Yeah, why not? All right, next. <laughs> my name is Sierra Hudson. My Subaru is safety for my family. So this past winter, we hit a black ice and we just started to slide. And, and it was just one of those moments where you truly feel helpless. It's a, it's, I know it's a car, but it means so much more to us and our family. Subaru is one of the safest brands and I've personally lived that. Subaru is a brand you can trust and Mark Miller Subaru is the local Utah retailer that you will love. How was Subarama? Subarama? Subarama was fun. So basically, yeah, it was packed too. Like it was good. Last year we went to Anaheim and it was like maybe a third of the normal crowd that was there. It was a full crowd this year. It was probably two or three thousand people. And where was it this time? Austin, Texas. It was warm. What a terrible named city. Yeah. Really bad name. Yeah. I thought about you a lot. It's more of a person's name than a city's name. You didn't <laughs> think about me one time. I was no, texting I did. You. I said, no. I was texting you. Do you are you I thinking of me? I sent you a text to the car. You did send me the I car did. we had last week. Yeah, so the car we had last week on it, I saw it in person. Travis Pastrana, there he is. Yeah. Jumped it over that bridge. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. 
Those are cool wheels. And it's actually a real GL. You found all that it's out? It's a GL frame. It has a true GL frame. Really? They reinforced it, obviously, to yeah. you didn't die. But they didn't but mod a different car to no. look like a GL. No, it's a GL frame, and they just do new body kits and stuff on it. Who who keeps that? Where does it stay? The Koonigan Company, whatever <laughs> those guys are. Subaru yeah. doesn't have, like, a garage they store it in no, somewhere? I'm sure it'll go to a museum somewhere at some point. That's cool. If they don't crash it first. So what was the biggest takeaway from the meetings? Just that things are improving. I mean, the supply chains are getting better. We should get more cars by the end of the year. Slowly but surely, they're working their way through the problem. They've got the the lines back up to full eight-hour lines, which is good. Full eight-hour lines? That's what happens when they don't have enough parts is they just shorten the line time. So instead of having an eight-hour shift, they'll do a seven-hour shift or a six-hour shift because they don't have enough parts for them to build. Yeah. So they're back up to eight-hour shifts now. Okay. Great news. That means they have enough parts yeah. to be. They have hours. the number. So wholesale is what Subaru sells to us. So Subaru sells us cars, and we sell it to the consumer. Yeah. So we'll have our biggest wholesale month in the last year, in August. Awesome. Over sixty thousand cars. That's great. Be wholesale and delivered. So, I mean, there's challenges everywhere. There's challenges shipping cars on rail cars to the West Coast right now. I mean, it's just crazy what the next challenge is for these guys and figuring out how to get us cars. Yeah. There's always. There's all that whenever you're talking about business that relies on chain supply, there's always going to be a, a, an obstacle or 19 to no, get around. That's right. I went to an interesting business roundtable yesterday talking about supply chains and what the government can do about it. And it's tough because what I mean, inflation is a huge problem, but inflation is caused by one of two things supply or demand, right? So, what's causing inflation right now is demand is as high as it's ever been and supply is low. Yeah. So, that's causing prices to go up. So you have two options on fixing that, right? Lower demand, raise supply. So lower demand, the way you do that is by raising interest rates. So they're trying to do that. But you don't want to lower demand that much because it kills your economy. Yep. So the key is, is to figure out everything they can possibly do to increase supply, whether it's encouraging chip manufacturers to build in the United States, incentivizing companies to come back to the United States to build. Like, <laughs> There's lots of things you can try and do. Smooth but talking a murderous problem, prince in Saudi Arabia. The problem is it takes time. Yeah, like it takes time and it's going to improve. It'll get better. The the beauty of it is is that recessions are generally caused when the demand's down, not supply. So, and that's where a lot of people say we're headed for a recession because they yeah. do need that demand and, to and come the, down. One nice thing on the thing is when supply's down, supply of workers is down. Is hopefully it brings wages up, and it's starting to. You're starting to see wages come up slowly, but come up. And we just moved our minimum wage from 15 to 17. This last couple of weeks, I think. So, I mean, slowly you're going to start seeing those entry level wages get closer to what you'd call a living wage. Right. I mean, a living wage in Salt Lake City for a single person with no kids is at least 17 an hour. Minimum wage in Salt Lake is eight. Well, I think it's like 725 or something. Or something. Yeah. It's crazy. But I mean, no one pays minimum wage anymore. But I do they? Oh, yeah. Well, they're still not for full time workers. Yeah, workers. Yeah, yeah. But high school students high school and stuff, yeah. yeah. But they're not supporting families, hopefully. Yeah, but still, I mean, like, if you can't pay somebody eight bucks an hour, like, seriously, don't hire them. <laughs> Good point. You should be running a thing yourself. Yeah, right. Uh, so the supply, uh, the, the uh, you mentioned 60,000 cars in August. Yeah. So what was it last year? are still way off, which is crazy. Wasn't it like half this time last year? Wasn't it like 29? So, so our last 12 months, we've been averaging about 40. So, okay. All right. 42. Uh, uh, the idea is we got to get back to, to get, I mean, just do the math, right? So to get to the 650,000 cars, the, our record, right? It was like 680 or something. 
So that's 55,000 cars. If they can do 55,000 cars every month, then that, they hit 680,000. And that's just Subaru of America, yeah. right? Or is that is Subaru get, so globally? The, Subaru in America only. Okay, yeah. The, the goal is 850,000 cars in the next few years. So to get to 850,000 cars, you've got to get to 70. 70, yeah. So we got to get to the point where every month we're delivering 70,000 cars to the U.S. Do so, they believe they'll get there? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's just a matter of time. And there's a lot of disruption. I mean, the Ukraine-Russian war is huge. And we're in actually better shape than a lot of companies. Yeah, well, I mean, we're still able to deliver a new car to someone within three to four months. Yeah. All these people that walk in here and are expecting me to say nine to 12, 12 months. months. That's a lot of places. I talked to uh, owner Jerry Siner yesterday, and that's what he said. He said a lot of our cars are at least six to 12 months. John, my brother, will tell you that six to nine months on average. I told him a friend of his called in about a Forester to, to buy, and I told him you're probably at least three, four months to get yourself a wilderness Forester. And he goes, and John said, that's it? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Like, that's why my brother owns to Toyota stores. Like, that's it? I, like, <laughs> I thought that was a long time. <laughs> yep. So it's not great, but it's better than yeah, it could be. Better, but I think we're getting better. And I'm excited to see what our next allocation looks like. And I th we're moving forward in the right way. We're, at, we're having a, it's a little rough July because cars aren't being delivered well, but we should have a big August. And it doesn't help that it's 119 degrees outside. It's that warm. makes Pavement people cranky. Did you know that? It does. It warms yeah, up a bit. That's why we let you guys wear shorts. Ah, that's so. I, I'm so grateful. You like for the it. supermarket, and you'd be out there in a shirt and tie. <laughs> they still make those guys wear shirts and ties every day. No, I would. I wouldn't could do that. Could you imagine? No. Trying to be out on the hot asphalt in a pants and a shirt and tie. No. How no. do you have any patience at all? You'd want to kill somebody. That's, yeah. The customer service would plummet. The murderous rages of those <laughs> salespeople. That's right. <laughs> I can't even imagine. We used I, to do that, though. I'm not lying. I would, everybody. Oh, did. my gosh. It I, used to be if you sold cars, you were in a jacket and tie. I'm not working anywhere that I have to wear a jacket and a tie. Yeah, like my dad, my dad hated the shirts thing. Did he? Oh, I, I think he would still hate the shirts thing. Like The shirts thing was when I got here. He comes in here yeah. and goes, Bleh. And we got to the point where it's like, Look okay, at you, can wear shirts. you can wear shorts between Memorial Day and Labor Day. <laughs> now it's just like, if it's hot, wear shorts. Like, I do like some guys show up in December in shorts. <laughs> I, I do like the policy in the winter months. You can wear shorts if you want, but you're still clear, clear yeah, in snow. Still. But, it, but it's like, okay, just look. It's like a mom. We just tell people, like, just look good. Tuck your shirt in. Don't look like a bum. Don't be in a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> we do have to say that to certain people. You know what I'm talking about. I, 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 <laughs> I would like, I fight the shirt tucked in thing, but I do it. I just, yeah. it shows my gut a little more than I'd like it to, but Hey, that's my problem. Yeah. Not you yours. We should work on that. Nah. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, refugee soccer. You want to talk about? Yes. Adam miles came in, uh, the other day, had a great conversation with him. He's going to be buying a Subaru from us here in the next few days. He's a new or a nonprofit just got sanctioned by the state, just being funded. And what he does is he takes uh, refugee kids that are here from war-torn or otherwise torn countries. They are here looking for a, a, a normal life, as normal as they can find. And he realized that soccer is the universal language, and every kid around the world knows or plays soccer. And so he is, I made this joke to him, and he said, that's right, it sounds a little off, and it does, but he is a refugee broker meaning he finds soccer teams for refugee kids right whether it's a club or a pickup game in the park he finds a place for these kids to hopefully find a real community where he can then sink away and let them 
Amazing. Go on. So cool. Uh, he's been involved with other things like this for several years. They just had a kid that came up in their program from Somalia who just made the under-23 national Somalia team. How cool is that? That's really awesome. That's really cool. So Adam Miles, the, the website is refugeesoccer.org. And that's the national website, right? Yes. Yeah. An actual website. Is that what you said? No, is that the national one? For like the national or is that for Utah specific? Uh, I don't know the answer to that. I think that's Utah specific. Oh, okay. I could be wrong though. Cool. But, uh, so, and the reason we bring this up is because I wanted to bring awareness to Adam's cause. It's it's awesome. If you have gear, they're really in need of bicycles right now, which I turned them on to Bicycle Collective. Nice. One of our Love Promise partners this year. Uh, so, refugeesoccer.org. But we're starting to gear up for our nominations yep. for our next uh, round. There go backwards. We'll skip to the last one. So, okay. What did I skip there? Gas. Okay, yeah. We'll get back to the bad stuff. We should talk to that out. Or should we wait till next week? Or We'll see. We'll talk about okay. that. Okay. But we're gearing up to get nominations in for our Love Promise partners. For yeah, so what, so, yeah, so every year what we do to, to pick our Love Promise partners, each of our pillars, so six or seven, six, I think. Seven. 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 We added a seven. Seven. Yeah, seven Diversity. Pillars. So we pick seven partners that we partner with throughout the year. What we do is starting September 1st, you can put a grant application in if you're a nonprofit or if you know of a nonprofit, recommend them. Uh, we usually get 50, 60, 70 grant applications every year. And then we whittle them down and we pick our seven partners that we do throughout the year. And our partnership's not just giving you money. It's about right. we want, we expect you to be part of our events. We want to be part of your events. It's a true partnership. So we're excited to go through that process yet again come September 1. We'll talk about it more as it gets closer. But you can learn more about our website at markmillersubaru.com. Yeah, and, and if you, like Jeff said, if you know of an organization that would benefit, we wanted to say this now, a month and a half in advance, so that you're Thanks aware of it. Thinking it through. Yeah. All right, now let's talk about gas. All right. I done, done, done. I, I think it's a toy. That is toy. cool. I don't think that's actually a real gas pump. I think that's a picture of a toy. But it's okay. <laughs> it represents gas. <laughs> our, uh, our gas pump out here still has the old school flip numbers. Uh, it does. Yeah. It's actually true. Yeah. Uh, all right. So gas prices are coming down. Everywhere but here. Except where we live. We talked about this for years. There is something there going on with that. three states in the entire union that have prices are still going up. Utah, Idaho, Wyoming. And why? Corporate greed? I don't know. Because it can. And no one's doing a dang thing about it. And every one of our leaders benefits by the gas companies. They get donations from them. You want to talk about gun rights on a different uh, show? And and how the NRA funds all these politicians? I'm convinced that the reason gas prices are always so high here is that our politicians are pocketing. I had a great conversation with a friend of mine who's actually on the Community Foundation board with me about why the electric why the electric batteries aren't going to go get adopted as fast as they should okay and it's because of oil companies it's okay because we live in a commodity-based energy system right so a commodity-based system is always going to go up in price right price of commodities That's... generally just like a stock market price of commodities goes up it's a business model right? yeah rather than a technology-based energy system which moore's law always goes down right so yeah Right, so like the idea of there's Moore's laws about compute, computing is about processor speed will double every eighteen months, and the size will go get smaller. It's solving problems. Yeah, it solves problems, Not right? Band aids. And yeah. so the idea is when we talked about this before a lot on in the electric battery world, is the game changer in the automotive electric battery world is solid state batteries. Right, because when solid state batteries come out, 
the argument over lithium goes away. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. right now the issue on batteries and why they're so expensive is because lithium is so expensive. And yeah, and it, it hurts. When you the, get to solid state get. batteries, it's literally sand. Solid state batteries are made of silicone. They're mm -hmm. made of glass. Mm -hmm. So it is layers of glass. Whoa! I'm gonna cause a mess. It, well, let's pick it up. Yeah. We're good. We got it. Is it open? It. Yeah, it was open. <laughs> it's, okay. it's just water. It's just water. It'll be fine. <laughs> we so, can edit that out later. So. <laughs> Don't edit it out. <laughs> but anyway, so solid state batteries. Yeah. It's it's a layer of silicone. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like a one atom thick level of material. Okay. So the, it take, the amount it takes is so little. Is one atom thick? One atom, like, it's like one layer and then they create like edges on it and that's how it semiconducts across huh. the silicone. And what happens is, is you lose any combustive material so it won't cut on fire anymore. Yeah. Things like that. And it charges, it charges faster, faster yeah. has a higher capacity. But in order to invest in the technology... What happens when that happens, the oil companies are toast. Yeah. So the oil companies are going to do everything in their power to stop that from happening. There's a there's a guy at the U that's been developing solid-state batteries. I think you ought to start hiring some private security. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be a John Grisham book here in a minute. Oh, it is for sure. Yeah. And what hap what's going to happen is... is basically, one of the best investments... I'm not giving investment advice, so don't <laughs> take this, but... Investing in companies that are looking at solid-state batteries because those companies will replace oil companies. So think what all the oil companies are worth right now. Fast forward 20 years. There you go. Yeah, when my kid starts driving, I think we're going to see. you will, And when that happens, every car on the road will be a solid-state battery. The combustible engine will be gone. And eventually, that's my opinion. You'll that's, start to maybe see. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm right. But no, you're right. And I think you'll see government programs where you trade in your combustible combustion engine for. And I think it's why a, a lot state. of the car companies are just hedging and not going all in. Yeah. Right. So the idea is like Subaru. Everyone asks why they're hedging. And Subaru's a smaller company. They don't have the R and D budgets. And my opinion on it, I, I have no fact on this at all from Subaru. So don't think I'm doing this. Is why would they invest billions and billions of dollars into plug-in technology and hybrids and these crossover technologies when in 2030 or 2032, it's all going to be electric anyway? Good point. Right? Yeah. Why not focus on that side of it? Hopefully be first right. or second to market Play on the solid-state battery yeah. thing. Yeah. Not worry about putting all your money into plug-ins and hybrids. I think they're going to come out with some hybrids and they'll be great and they'll be okay, but... I don't think they're going to be game changers by any means in the market. Right. But I think that the next generate, probably two generations down of electric vehicles. Solid state. Is going to be solid state batteries and everyone's going to be doing it. It's going to, and it's going to be less expensive. Well, and the other reason you see car companies moving towards this is the cafe laws. The, the idea that you're going to have to have 50 miles per gallon by 2028. Was Biden's rule or something so or Obama's the, goal right, or something? That, and the problem with it, that's what's killing the it's car industry. What kills the car industry now is that none of these standards are codified in the law. Uh -huh. They're all regulations set by the administration. Uh -huh. So every time an administration changes, the rules change. That's a good point. Yeah. And a manufacturer can't plan when they know every four years our plan's going to get has potential to change gone. at least every eight right? years. Yeah. So like during the Trump administration, when they got rid of all the cafe standards, basically, or lowered them immensely yeah if, if all the yeah. manufacturers can just be like oh we're okay let's throw away our hybrid plans it doesn't really matter because they knew if the democrat got elected they're gonna have to yeah come back up and the fines would be in the billions 
That's a good point. So, I mean, it's a messed up But the earth right is now. burning. <laughs> and we need to figure out how to get electric cars. Yep, for sure. I mean, at the same time, they need to, we need to solve the problem with gas right now. And that's and the, so, the point of this segment is why? I why? Mean, so you're talking about supply. And so the idea is there's got to be somewhere in the middle of domestic production and investing in renewables that you meet. And I'm it, fine. It's not an either or. It's not a... Right. We're doing all renewables, kill all gas pumps everywhere in the world. That's not right. Right. We need to solve our issue right now, and that might involve drilling some more. I don't know. Okay. But at the same time, we need to be investing in renewables and moving that way. And, and Jeff, I am. And you I know am, where I actually heard that one from? It was from Evan McMullen. The Bible. Oh, Evan McMullen. <laughs> That's where I actually heard that one from. It was the first reasonable solution I'd heard to that idea. Huh. Didn't hear it from Mike Lee. No reasonable solutions. There's no reasonable solutions out of my place. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Braden. All right. Uh, Braden gets after us when we get political. but oh, That's the only one. Uh, Maybe. I, I'll say <laughs> this. I am fine with business owners, gas companies making a buck. When the demand is high, they should make a little more money. I'm not fine with them gouging me. And I think they're gouging heavily right now. And it sucks. And it's the, it's the same argument in the car industry. I, I made that same point at my, the business roundtable I was at, that the business owners like me have a responsibility as well. Just like the gas company owners have responsibility. That just because you can doesn't mean you should. I, I could charge $4,000 over for every car we have on the lot right now. And you would buy it. Customer out there I'm talking to, you would buy it because you need a car. And you'd be happy, and a lot of you would be happy buying it. Yeah, there's, there's also places right now that you cannot buy a car without also buying a warranty. I, I had a, I mean, I, I mean, the crazy thing is it's not necessarily treating the customer bad if the customer really wants it. True. I had a, I had a retailer, actually, I'd probably call him a dealer, but show, <laughs> and, show me a, a text message on his phone. He's a Cadillac dealer in the East Coast. Show me a text message. He showed it to me on his phone from a customer of his saying, this is blah, 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 customer. I'm so excited about the new Escalade. I want to order a fully loaded one, every option on it. If you guys could make that happen for me, I'm willing to pay you $75,000 over sticker for it. Over sticker? You guys are the best. <laughs> oh, my. That's gross. Yeah. but So him as a dealer looks at me and goes, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. Because he also has employees that would benefit from and that. At the same time, money. that same car, you could walk into an auction with a Cadillac Escalade like that and get fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 over sticker for it at auction. Yeah. So his view on it is I will never sell a car to a customer that they can walk across the street and sell it for more. Huh. Okay. Not a bad philosophy. So, I mean, it's a tough conundrum there. Yeah. Right? Subaru is a whole different world. And Subaru, it's more of a gouge. But when you're talking about a $110,000 Escalade, it's a little <laughs> bit of a different world. But I think there's something to that. And I think gases are a big part of that. And we'll, we'll see what happens over the next couple of months. The summer ends, gas prices go down anyway, normally. Yeah, I will we see it below four before October? Yes. You think so? The national average will be below four. See, my argument is it was over five and we haven't rioted in the streets, so what's gonna get the gas companies to go under four again? The only thing that will keep it from going yes, down. Yes, I'm advocating for riots. <laughs> the only thing that'll keep it from going under four in the next three months is the gas companies trying to affect the election. That's never happened before. No, can you imagine? All right. Yeah. I mean, like I said, like a book. It's not like we could actually do anything to maybe solve inflation right now, but, you know, whatever. 
On that note, <laughs> everyone's favorite pastime is next. We're talking movies. I saw some great uplifting this has been a things. Thorough show today. <laughs> yes, we're going long, baby. <laughs> Episode twenty-two is as long as the whole twenty-one combined before it's it. Be two hours long. We we'll be back. two to this. We'll be back after this. <laughs> My name's Jamie Usry, and my Subaru is Freedom. I've had so many animals over the years. One of the things that I love about Mark Miller Subaru is they're the largest animal welfare supporter in the Salt Lake Valley. You may not even realize it, but they're probably supporting a nonprofit that you love in the community. And my wife and I, our daughter Harper and our dogs, we're just so happy that we picked Mark Miller Subaru. Subaru is a brand that I trust, and Mark Miller Subaru is the local retailer that I love. All right, where do you want to go first here, Jeff, in reels? We're going to your one of your documentaries. So my, my Austin's eight, really into documentaries right now. I always have been, honestly. Uh, when Sundance rules the town, that's what I want to see is all the docs. Uh, my eight-month-old is cutting teeth right now. Yeah. And he has chosen to cut teeth between the hours of 11.30 p.m. and 7.30 a.m. Oh, so you're going to watch a lot of late-night documentaries. So I am watching Netflix instead of the back of my eyelids. Well, the second nights. movie we talked about, you're watching tonight then, I'm telling you. Okay. <laughs> so I watched two documentaries this week on Netflix. The first was The Puppet, Puppet Master. Master. Uh, and this is... So what's I, his con? Well, who is this guy? Well, is it a con or is it real? Oh. This guy uh, is claiming to be part of MI6, the CIA in England, for yeah. those that are not familiar. I, I uh, think most people like a, a spy. <laughs> a sp he says he's a spy, and he is protecting these people from the uh, Ireland Republic. What is it? IRA. Yeah. What does that stand for? IRA. Yeah, the, the terrorists of, yeah. of Ireland. Uh, and they pay him thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars to protect them and their families. But some information came out that perhaps he's really just a con man. Crazy. It is a phenomenal, Interesting. Okay. phenomenally put together documentary. It's on Netflix? No, on Netflix, three-part okay. series, so four-part series. Really highly recommended. No, don't let the kids watch it. But yeah. No. All right, what did you watch? The greatest movie ever. Well, I was probably not the greatest movie ever, but one of Nicolas Cage's best. It is The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. And this is Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Came out a few months ago, right? And it's Nicolas Cage playing himself okay like his character is Nicolas Cage and it's amazing <laughs> it's a really good movie it seems like and it starts off and it seems like it's going to be really really cheesy stick with the first 20 minutes okay because it gets amazing so it's kind of like Con Air it starts off real cheesy and then it gets amazing yeah and there's actually or any other part Nicolas of it Cage has movie. clips of all of his movies like Does it really? there's clips of Con Air in it <laughs> his terrible accent yeah, and it's like, it's that the, is this guy who's the guy you can see on the top of the thing, and he's like a, arms, arms, yeah, he's like an arms dealer or something like that. And, oh, Tiffany Haddish is in And this. so they invite him out to like their island in the Mediterranean or wherever they are to like, it was like, it's like an appearance fee. <laughs> so he's like <laughs> going out there, the guy's got a screenplay in front to watch, and then like, they're basically like building their own screenplay in real life with real things happening to him. I've heard and great it's him things acting about during it, his acting, and it's, Pure Nicolas Cage acting. You remember we talked when he went on Kimmel or Fallon a few yeah, years ago about and this. we talked about that? Yeah. He's wearing that suit. I think he wears that suit in this movie at Does one he point. Really? That like shiny like <laughs> coat. That looks like it's made from an alien snake. Yeah. yeah. I think uh -huh. he wears it at one point during this show. But so the unbearable weight 
What is it? Unbearable, unbearable weight of massive talent. What a terrible name. But yeah, it's funny. I'll have to watch it. Yeah, you got to watch it. Yeah, and they, this I guy think is really the Mandalorian. Like Did you know that? Uh, Pedro, Pedro Pascal. Pascal. Okay. Yeah. All right. Tiffany Haddish is in it as well. I don't. She's hit and miss for me, but I like Nick Cage, and I don't like Nick Cage all at the same time. He's exceptional. <laughs> okay. Unbearable. Where's where can you see it? Um, I, you I just it? downloaded it off Apple TV. <sighs> Download it off anything. Just pay the four. So I'll never see it. Pay the four dollars and rent it. I'll, I'll never re- do I'll it. reimburse you as a show. Give experience. nothing to Apple. Oh well, <laughs> this is a legally binding. <laughs> I'll give you your three ninety nine back. I'm not gonna let you buy it. What's interest? <laughs> you can't buy it. I'll give you oh, twenty four hours to rent it. <laughs> All right. Uh, the other documentary I watched was called Keep Sweet, Pray, and Obey. It it's is about Warren Jeffs. Right? It is about Warren Jeffs. It's a documentary. It's it's stuff that I thought I knew about this story. Stuff that you probably didn't want to know. But I th- I'm actually grateful to have learned it and know because there is stuff that was released during the trial that has never before been made public until this documentary. Uh, and it is game-changing. And the, they follow the, the background, the lives of these people that have escaped the clutches of the, the Jeff's organization. Crazy. It's essentially a human trafficking there organization. There have been a lot of Mormon documentaries lately. Yeah. Well, this is, I mean. But I'm talking about, like, like related to, the, off related to the, the Mormon church, though. There have been a lot. Like Mormon No More, uh, Under the Banner of Heaven. The Oh, yeah. And then uh, what was the one last year that came out on Netflix about the... Uh, salamander letter oh. thing mark hoffman yeah, i know what you're talking about. that was a great documentary yeah. Yeah. Um, but this is one keep sweet and pray and obey a three-part series really really good so you should watch Find that on netflix not for families okay now we'll let's should we go to our trailer yes so coming out today let's run the trailer then we'll talk about it okay go did you know that the very first assembly of photographs to create a motion picture was a two-second clip of a black man on a horse and that man is my Great, great grandfather. Great. There's another great grandfather. But that's why back at the Haywood Ranch, as the only black-owned horse trainers in Hollywood, we like to say since the moment pitches could move, we had skin in the game. It's a bad miracle. They got work for that. Yeah, nah, nah, nah.
Nope. <laughs> Is your answer nope? <laughs> you know, Ashley, we're, watching, we're watching it before with Ashley, and she gets about that first part. She gets that ground gets scary. When the, when the horse kicks, yeah. and she's like, nope. <laughs> it's like the perfect name for a movie. <laughs> it is Jordan Peele doing Jordan Peele things, but for the first time, and in, in, look, I'm not a horror movie guy. I don't yeah. watch them. I don't like them, but I can appreciate his greatness still. Yeah. And I saw Get Out, and it was terrific. Uh he has now crossed for the first time into the his comedy touch as well. So it is a horror movie, but it has comedy in it. Do you want to go watch it in IMAX? No. To add even a little more fear to your life? I will probably watch this at in the middle a, of the day. With a blanket? No, with the, all the curtains open, the sun streaming in. Uh, I'm going to have... My my kids with me, just hugging me tight, and then I won't Your be teddy so scared. Bear with you on That's right. Yeah, my my thumb okay. in my mouth. I think it looks awesome. Nope. I like horror movies, but I love Daniel Kaluuya as well. You like horror movies? Yeah. Really? Exciting. What's What's the best horror movie you've ever seen? Excited. No, it doesn't. It it see that's you know I like hate that M Night Shyamalan. Well, that's more like, suspense, not horror. Some sixth sense. That's that's again that's suspense, not horror. I'm talking like Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, all the Halloweens. Kids dead. <laughs> In six cents? No, Bruce Willis is dead. Oh, Bruce Willis is dead. Spoiler alert. alert. Shoot, I did it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Willis is dead oh, the whole this, time. There's a comedian. Oh, Nate Bargatze has a bit about. And last night, he's like, if I spoil this for you, there's a. <laughs> It's a time limit on spoilers. Uh, I haven't seen it in 15 years. I can spoil it all I want. <laughs> Nate Bargatze, the comedian, has a line a bit about six cents. He's like, it made more sense to all of us watching that movie that his wife shot him. <laughs> and he still, and then just never talked to him. <laughs> or was that his wife ignored him all these years <laughs> rather than he was dead. dead. That, was, that was the line, yeah. All right, that's it for this that's week. That's for the show. Episode, be traded today? He will. Today. Well, today... Ooh, Ooh, I thought he'd be traded before midweek, and he wasn't. Nothing yet. Um, when will Shams and Woj get back from their loverscation in Jamaica? We'll see. Yeah, I don't see anything yet. Wouldn't that be cool check. if they were actually together in real life? So then after they trade Donovan, do they are Mitchell and Bogey next? I think so. I think they have stuff in, in place This for is how everybody. we're going to make an exciting jazz team. We're just going to give Clarkson the ball and have him score 40 every night. I was just about to say, I think the next one to go is Clarkson. No. Yeah. You know how fun it would be just to see Clarkson jacking for <laughs> just throwing up shots for 48 minutes? It would not be great. He'd average 30 shots a game. It, yeah. 40 shots a game, 31 points. Yeah. That would be... And we'd lose a lot of games. Uh-huh. Like, that's how we get the guy from France. Okay. Danny Ainge's got this figured out. I think I would <laughs> trade Clarkson first. And Obi Toppin will average 27 rebounds a day, rebounding <laughs> every one of these misses. <laughs> the eternal hope from Jeff Miller. I think it's going to take 10 years to win another anything of import. You're, and you're like, we're on the nine-month plan here, baby. We're on the nine-month plan. <laughs> I said three years back to the playoffs. That's actually probably... The goal inside the yeah, organization. Three years back to the past. All right, we've gone way too long. I apologize. We've gone long. We talked a lot. If you listen to the whole thing, you deserve you, a cookie. Pay you overtime. In five more minutes, actually. <laughs> let's talk more about it. <laughs> All right, show's over. That's Jeff. That's Ashley. I'm Austin. by five. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs>